Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast this is episode 170 we are recording this on march 18th 2020 and this episode 170 is brought to you by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag and use code clns50 for a sweet bonus when you put down a little bit of a uh, starting money on wagering and uh and get yourself going it's a 50 uh, kickback to you so it's always good to save some money or get some money back. So it is trying times in the NHL, AHL, East Coast Hockey League, and pretty much any sporting event that you can think of in the world right now because of this. Um, and we're not going to say the word. We're going to call it the C word, even though it doesn't sound very good. But because I'm doing this on YouTube and hello, YouTube listeners, um, this is everything's getting canceled and shut down. So I don't want to waste my time or my guest time with saying the word that's going to get us knocked out of the video content, the podcast. I know they're going to show, um, air it, but regardless, um, I just it's Wednesday. We'd normally do our show on Sundays. Heather is not with me because of what is going on in the world right now. And uh, I know she's very upset about that because she loves these shows every week. She gets up for it. She works really hard at it too. And I miss her not having her right here. So um, Heather, we will get back, but at, in times like this, we need to separate and, and make sure that we take care of ourselves and families. And, and by doing so, I'm very thankful that, uh, my friend, Sam, um, Minton, is that, is that right? Minton, Minton. Minton. Okay. All right. Um, and he is the site expert for Fanside, Fansided's Chowder and Champions website. You can follow him at Sam Minton. Uh, 22. Uh, that's Sam underscore Minton 22. And you can also follow Chowder and Champions website at CNC Fansided. Sam, welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, bud. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, how long have you been over at uh, Chowder and Champions? Uh, I've been there for about uh, two years now. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry if I'm repeating myself, but it's good, good content. Letting everybody know how long uh, you've been around no worries, no worries. and so on. Um, so like I said, we, I would do, I, I believe I said, we do have some topics that we did want to, uh, gather and, and get some content out there if, yeah, because I'm a man of my word. And when it comes to advertising, I want to keep this, this nice, uh, relationship that we have with bet online going and, and, uh, I want to get some episodes out to fulfill that. So, um, it, it, it does suck this, these times it's a world of, uh, pandemic. We're all struggling through it. Um, but, uh, how are you doing and you and your family? Oh yeah, we're doing good. It's just like you said, it's just these times where we really wish we could have sports as an outlet, especially hockey. And because of what's going on, we're just unable to have that. It's like the world's on pause. And so just like you said, it's time for us to, you know, separate focus on uh, being healthy and uh, hoping 
and uh, praying for the best for everyone else out there. Absolutely. All our black and gold hockey podcast listeners, please, uh, from our hearts to your health. And, and we appreciate the support, the retweets, the reads of our, of our, of our uh, website and everything like that. And the re- just everything you guys have been amazing, but we want to come get back to you and say our prayers to everybody out there. So this sucks, but you're right. Having, not having sports around is terrible. It's like, oh, a, it's, it's like, it's this awful. is, this is like a, a, a practice to the end of the world for us. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Yeah. Cause nobody's, nobody's really seen this since 1918 when the Spanish flu came around and, and hockey was knocked out. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of people that talk about that because it never happened in over a hundred years. So exactly. this is just something that's bad and um, we're all going to get through it. But to kind of deflect that and bring some hockey talk back into our lives. Um, again, I want to appreciate your time tonight, but um, we do have to like kind of stay in the same topic. But uh, unfortunately an NHL player tested positive yesterday, I believe it was um, for the C virus. And that was an Ottawa Senators player. So mm-hmm. Now it's and now it's really hit the NHL at a national league level, and uh, we do have our first person. Um, obviously, we send out thoughts and prayers to him and his family, and 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 to complete success, successful uh, recovery um, through this mm-hmm. process. But um, it does; it's just going to create, I, I think, more time now uh, for the sport to get back into the mix of things and even think about a potential season. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I saw the player proposal. I believe they had – it was definitely a later end to the season, but I think especially with everything going on, it's going to be very difficult. You mentioned that season with the Spanish flu, and they ended up – I was, I believe it was during the Stanley Cup finals, and they were unable to award the Stanley Cup. They had to – I forget the two teams that were on there, but they wrote both teams' names on uh, the cup, and they said they were unable to finish the series. That's obviously a worst-case scenario especially for Bruins fans. We don't want that to happen with how great the Bruins are doing. But more importantly, you know, now that we have seen uh, that make its way into uh, the NHL, we're just hoping and and praying it doesn't spread anymore because the more it spreads, we've already seen uh, what's happened in the NBA, but the more it spreads, the longer we're going to be about hockey. And it may seem inconsequential compared to what we're dealing with, but we definitely want our hockey back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we would with hockey and that coming back, we'll get away from the the the, the talk of, of what's going on with this virus and uh, and talk about the the NHL and their plans. And I want to pull up a photo that came from uh, TSN, and this is actually a player's proposal. And a lot of people, when I shared this um, this image, obviously with credit to TSN. These, um, these, I don't know, naysayers, you know, the internet, the internet is a Hell terrible yeah. place, but when I threw it up there, it's like, no, the players won't do it. They're, they're totally against it and blah, blah, blah. But I, I pointed out, just take a minute and look at the, at the top when you see it's a player proposal. These players want to get back as soon as possible. You can, you can see it in all their videos that they're sharing about connecting with the fans, letting them, let everybody know that they're doing well, but they're also reaching out to their, you know, their beloved fans saying that, hey, hope you, hope you are too. So the picture I'm looking at right now, okay, and I'm, have, you, have you seen this one? Yes, I, I have seen it. The dates, the, the exact dates are a little uh, uh, blurry, but, you know, I know, I believe it's like June or July. I yeah. think they're looking for the end. So I'll, I'll refresh you and, and, and we'll give something new to the listener if they haven't heard it. But like they're, they're talking about the training camp being early July. Yeah. The 2019-20 finishes late July. Playoffs would be from September. I'm sorry, August to September. The draft and free agency would be October. And the 2021 begins in November. And that yeah. is... That is if, if they do not sign off on something about canceling this season by May. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, it's definitely something where, again, with just all these leagues, it'd be something we've never seen before. And seeing the playoffs or the Stanley Cup finals go that deep 
the question is, are we able to maintain the seven-game series? I know there's been people floating around, well, what if we shorten it up, maybe a five-game series, a three-game series? That would definitely be interesting. But you can definitely see, like you mentioned, on social media, players are itching to get back, you know. They're not used to uh, spending this time away from the game. And, you know, I think especially I've noticed on uh, Bruins players, you know, they want to get back and prove that they can win the Cup. So I definitely think uh, what they mentioned, I think it's a decent proposal. You know, like I said, I've definitely seen people who are saying, oh, I don't know if it'll happen or what saying whatever they like to about it. But if the players are willing to do it, if we're able to name a Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup winner, I would definitely love to see that happen. Yeah. Well, my thing, it's a tough one for me because of the players. And I I appreciate that they put forth this to show everybody that, Hey, well, let's, let's get rocking. I want to, I want to go, but that's like 146 games. If you're lucky enough to go all the way to the Stanley Cup. So Mm -hmm. I reached out to Twitter because I love hockey Twitter. It keeps me going as much as a nasty place as it can be. (laughs) I appreciate a lot of the people out there that give me facts and, and information to I mean, bring on a platform just like this one. We're struggling to find something to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Frank, and he is at Krusty316, talking about that picture. Uh, he says, hmm, reduce and finish of 1920 to get final seeds. Go into playoffs in August, September, and blah, blah, blah. Everything that you saw on that image. But what I liked about that is at the bottom, Frank says, would maybe also conference games only for the 2021 campaign and reduce it to 50 games per season. Now, if you think about that, now it's on the owners to say, well, now we're losing all those games that we could put people in the seats. What's more important to you is to have ownership happy or is it to have players well-rested? Because to me, that could be a very, very tiring time. No, that's definitely something that you have to worry about. I think in any sport, your main concern has to be player safety. We've seen uh, that happen in other sports, but you have to be concerned with player safety. You can't have tired players out there. As much as we want to see hockey, if it's a subpar product due to players not being rested, you're not exactly going to be pleased. So I think there's going to have to be some balance. It all depends on uh, how this news that we're dealing with uh, breaks out, but we definitely need uh, the players to be well-rested. I think that's mainly the goal. You can't tire them out. That's why I think we might see if uh, the playoff uh, series, possibly if they're focused on naming a Stanley Cup winner, possibly shortened to, you know, maybe a five-game series like that. Yeah. What, uh, thoughts on the tournament? You heard about the tournament style, right? I have not heard about the tournament style, but I am. And tournament systems themselves are very interesting no matter the sport. So, def, you know, we've seen a, just like with the reinvent, reinventation of a, the All-Star game, have, kind of reinventing the playoffs, even if it is just for one season, would definitely be uh, pretty cool. Yeah, whatever speeds up the process to, to get a winner, because it's just, uh, I mean, it, We've been out of hockey for now a week now. And it's crazy. It, it seems like an eternity. I know. It seems like it's been a month already. It's just absolutely crazy. But, you know, um, it, it, I, don't know, I lost where I was going with it. But um, you just want to get back into it. I'm just – I'm yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of eternity, uh, and that's a great segue, and I hate to just jump that topic really, really quick, but I just kind of lost my train of thought. Um, let's move on to the next one, and, and which is not a very good one. And and well, oh, Jeremy Jacobs. Um, uh, apparently, now this is just news that I'm hearing. Nothing's official. Um, there's no there's no word from the um, the Jacobs family themselves. But from my understanding, from the people that I trust on a regular basis, is the Jacobs family have now been the last team to not support their event workers, their hourly event workers um, as of yet. And, and where it is, if they are ever going to do it. And I don't know. I'm not too thrilled about this. This is a work stoppage where these people um, are making you billions a year. 
and and you cannot support them. I, I find that very very uh, a, a terrible thought as an as ownership. Um, love the Bruins, I have for a long long time, but um, you got to step up for the people that help you and make you successful, in my opinion. And uh, and this kind of brings me back to the story a couple of years ago when those kids did a project on this and they actually you know, found out that he was scumming out on, on annual like fundraisers that he was supposed to get like a million dollars per year or something like that, or a million every three years. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but these kids found out that he never did it. He never lived up to his, his end of the bargain. So um, it kind of puts the extra scumbag layer onto that toast. And um, it's just, it's not a good look. No, it's just such an awful look, especially because um, it they are, I believe they are, you know, from uh, the reports I've been reading, the last team to not do it. The fact that, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Jacobs owns Delaware North. I also know that Jacobs is worth $3.6 billion. I'm pretty sure he has the cash. He's like probably one of the few people in this world we can say he literally has a billion dollars to spend. It's just, it's really sad. You know, it's crazy to see you have forward reporting how using the word uh, Bruins uh, owner, Jeremy Jacobs being shameful, shamed in, for not paying his employees. It's just such a bad look. And it seems like such an easy decision to make. And it just makes zero sense why this isn't happening. Uh, even the Boston Celtics, they've pledged to pay, uh, pay some of their employees. But when it comes to the Boston Bruins, for some reason, everybody loves to make fun of Jeremy Jacobs, and he's not doing himself any favors with this. Yeah, no justice at all. No justice at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just hopefully something happens, and he's, and he's the type of person that thinks above himself at that moment um, and at least does something retro for him, you know what I mean, so, to – I mean, geez, we're both Americans and uh, we're, I'm actually hearing that we could get up to like $2,000 check anytime soon. <laughs> just as, as a stimulus, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you could, if the United States can give money back, you might as well, you know, take advantage of it. So hopefully, um, Jacobs does that. It's just a, oh man, it's, it's scummy. I hate saying that, but it really it is, is though. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, before we get to our next topic, I want to talk about our show sponsor, betonline.ag. With currently no NBA or Major League Baseball, you think there's nothing to get to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, betonline.ag, still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on. Well, let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series if you're into props and entertainment betting you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices that's terrible and even the uh the weather (laughs) visit the uh visit the website or use a mobile device and join today and receive a hundred percent welcome bonus with your first deposit be sure to use promo code clns50 BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. So back to the topics. Once again, we are with Sam Minot. I'm sorry if I'm hacking that name again. He is the site expert for Fansiders Chowder and Champions website. Pleasure to have him. Um, the American, I'm sorry, the East Coast Hockey League, which is the feeder system of the American Hockey League's Providence Bruins, uh, the Atlanta Gladiators have, uh, and the East Coast Hockey League as an entity have closed shop on the 2019-20 campaign <clears throat> due to the C virus and, uh, and growing concerns of player safety and um, and obviously the folks in the building when you when you when you get a group together they don't really like that and uh, it's not good for cutting the uh, the process down of the spreading disease. Um, and we kind of know where we are at with um, the, the, the waiting period for the NHL and so on. But could a league like the East Coast Hockey League set the tone for uh, leagues higher above? And, and if, if we can make past the, um, the May 
term that they that they're trying to figure out if this is gonna go or grow. Um, it, it was this the right thing to do for them financially and so on, or um, and they didn't even name a Kelly Cup winner. Is it wrong to move on without giving a championship? I definitely think, especially like I, I mentioned before, the goal for the seat for season any level you want to name a champion. You don't you do, you don't want to have to just like throw out a season. These guys they work so hard. They put so many hours training, so many times practicing. It's tough to just be like, all right, that doesn't matter. We're just going to cancel the season. We're going to act like that doesn't happen. These are guys who are working for a paycheck. You know, they're down in the ECHL. It's not like they're up in the NHL making millions of dollars. So it's definitely when you factor that in as well as all the hard work they put in, it's tough to not name a champion. I think it's definitely something that – I think we can all agree that, you know, you should definitely postpone a season. We have to see what's going to happen with this. You know, we don't want to continue to uh, spread this, but you should do your absolute best to hopefully play out a championship series, you know, for like an NHL play a Stanley Cup and the AHL play the Calder Cup. Um, but if not, you should try and name a champion. But for right now, they should have at least definitely uh, postponed the season. But it's really tough to see all that hard work. You know, you're seeing other uh, leagues all around the world. You know, in Canada, I'm pretty sure the WHL and the OHL just canceled their seasons. Yeah, OHL did today. Yeah, I saw that on uh, Twitter. So it's tough to see that. You know, these guys are working hard. And, you know, they're all fighting for that championship. They don't, even though at the end of the day, I definitely think someone it's better for someone to be named they want to fight for that championship and earn it yeah so they hear that the echl isn't going to name a champion it's definitely really tough but at the end of the day i think it's kind of a decision they were forced to make yeah i mean i mean once i saw that domino fall i thought the a was going to be next and then there's no feeder league to the to the nhl um, I, I don't know if what they would do at the NHL level to carry on black aces. Would you be able to do it before the end of the season? So those guys can cancel and then move on. I just, with the whole arena access and, and fans in the same area, it just didn't make any sense to me to keep going. Um, and that's coming from a diehard hockey fan that never wants this to stop, even though it's like July. I'm like, come on guys, let's get, let's get back in here. That's probably why I like find hockey all over the world. I watch the uh, Australian hockey league during the, the months from April to, uh, to mid September. So it's kind of crazy addict that I am, but you know, it's, it, it, it does suck. I mean, I, I know the Atlantic gladiators were far from it, but I've been watching their second half and, uh, you know, we're probably going to talk about teams that have, have been playing really well that just got, you know, hammered. Just stop. We're done. But the uh, the Gladiators were on a nice little run. I mean, I think they were 8-0-1 uh, in their last nine games. And um, they were not looking like they were going to be a playoff team at all in the Kelly Cup playoffs. And all of a sudden, they went on this nice run at the – it's the bitter end. They had like 10 games left, I believe. And – they, they did well, and they now they were in the eighth position in the uh, in the Eastern Conference, and then it shut down. It's the same thing with the Providence Bruins as well. It's like, you know, that team has been, you know, midway through the Atlantic um, most of the season, but lately, I mean, they got points in twelve games. They are on an eleven game winning streak. I mean, tearing up the AHL, and they they just claimed on Wednesday night last week was the last game. And when they walked out of Hartford with a, with a W, they were one point ahead of everybody in the East. And then that's it, shut it down. Second, yeah. second, second best team in the American Hockey League and done. <laughs> yeah, it's just terrible. Like, it's just you're like being like, all right, we appreciate all your hard work. But yeah, it like, looking back on history, it won't matter. And it's tough, especially for those guys on the AHL who are looking to prove that, you know, they can make it up to uh, the NHL. And you have so many good players on the Providence Bruins. It's crucial for them to uh, get that playing time and, you know, get that time under their, uh, their feet so that they'll be ready to, you know, in a year or two, make the jump to the NHL. And, you know, 
with the gladiators, like the the situation you mentioned, you know, to go on that run and just to feel like you might be able to sneak in. And once you get in, you never know what can happen. So it LA overall, Kings did it. <laughs> yeah, it's they just like it an eight seed. It's so it's just so uh, bittersweet. Or it's just so terrible for these teams. You just feel for them and feel for all the players who were fighting, giving their hundred percent every night, and then now it's just shut down. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of what's not shut down, I got to give a shout out, and those are two different words, I know, but uh, Chelp Squared Podcast. One of my favorite freaking shows. I am not only a huge Bruins fan, but when it comes to podcasts, I get all my outside information from 150 shows that I subscribe to every week. So Andrew Chalney does an awesome job at the Shell Squared podcast. Find them all over the the um, the uh, listener platforms worldwide. Uh, he does a great show. So uh, do you know the pod at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not familiar with the pod, but I'm definitely going to check it out now that you recommended it. Yeah, he's really cool. He actually is... I, I believe he works for Sirius XM now and he does this, he does his podcast on his own, which is to- completely cut away from XM, but he does very good job. That kid's working really hard for, uh, for something nice. So I always give a shout out to those guys that are climbing that mountain and crossing thresholds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, speaking with, uh, stay, let's stay with Atlanta. Now this was, this is a very interesting topic to me because of, we're both New England folks, and I, I believe you know that the uh, minor pro levels of hockey um, over the past several years have gotten accustomed to bringing their operations closer to uh, the motherland, you know what I mean, or, or wherever, you know, Providence is close to um, Boston. Um, the LA Kings did it with the Manchester Monarchs a couple of years ago. They're out in Ontario, California, which is only a three hour drive or an hour and a half drive, whatever. It's not cross country anymore. The Atlantic gladiators are coming to an end. Well, actually with them canceling the 2019, 20 campaign, that means the affiliation with the Boston Bruins is over. Um, and it was only a one year agreement in previous times. They, they did two year agreements. Um, after they left the South Carolina Stingrays uh, organization and went down to Atlanta. Is this a time to bring your East Coast club home and find a, a place in New England where you know that the Bruins name entitled to that franchise might be an attraction to, to come back? Um, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but ooh, Manchester looks really, really good right now. No, it would definitely be good. You know, I, I remember, you know, as a kid going, I made it out to some Providence games, you know, making it out. Uh, remember when the Lowell used to have the Devils, you know? Yeah, it's always good. monsters too. Oh, yeah. It's always good being uh, able to, you know, like you said, see all types of hockey. You know, you don't just need to see the NHL. You can see the up-and-coming stars. And I think just overall, like you said, with kind of the trend being to move everyone closer to home, I think it definitely – would be beneficial for, you know, the Bruins and uh, just to have someone closer, just somewhere, somewhere in New England, you know, it doesn't have to be in Massachusetts. It doesn't, you know, it can be New Hampshire, Maine, you know, or Connecticut, Rhode Island, be pretty close to Providence. But uh, I definitely think there's a kind of bonus or just being able to be in such a close proximity to the team you're affiliated with. You know, you can send coaches out there, you know, you can send scouts out there. It's much easier than having go going all the way down to Atlanta. So it would definitely be interesting to see if uh, they would, there would be a new team in uh, New England. We can always use more hockey. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> from an unknown source that I'm not going to mention, but I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm always going to run with it, I just kind of think that this is going to be really beneficial to a future plan that the NHL might be interested in. And it's kind of weird to a lot of people because they don't, you know, they, they see the minor pro ranks and they're not busy. And, you know, it is a place, it's a professional league. It's not that busy, but those guys are there to develop. It's really not about asses in the seats at that point, but it is good for that organization to get some, some people. And that's why they do a, a push with phone calls and, 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 you know, special events and so on and, and theme nights and to bring the fans in to make some money. But 
in, in their own entity. They're there to, to develop and play. Um, but I just think that having a team closer would, would kind of get my eye on them getting a little deeper in their developing depths. And I think from, like I said, a person that I've talked to has mentioned that they might go up. I'm not sure the number. So I want to say five would be really, really good. But you know how a, um, a franchise can have 50, 50 contracts? Mm-hmm. If they increase that by five to possibly 10, you could really, really make the East Coast League a very competitive league, but also an area where you really store that talent. And you can, you can bring up when you're ready, like, hey, this kid needs to come. Let's go. Right now, I don't see the East Coast League being that type of league because of the contracts. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure how much you've, you've actually paid attention, but in previous seasons, there's been three prospects in the last two years. Dan Vladar, okay, Kyle Kaiser's played one game this year and he got a concussion. <laughs> I mean, there's not like five, six, seven, or eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. a whole team full of prospects that mm-hmm. a lot of people think that there is down there in that mm-hmm. feeder system. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that this is the type of opportunity that the NHL wants to look at for increased um, not only development, but like you don't have to go out and like spend a ton of money on a certain player when you could take a chance on this guy that's rising up the leagues at a at a real cap friendly number. What mm. what are your thoughts on something like that? It would definitely be good. I think overall, it's always good to have someone go all the way up through your own system because you're able to teach them the type of hockey you want to play. And you know, especially like you mentioned, if uh, they were to come closer to a the New England region, you know, these players, you could, if you want to get more fans, you can develop these guys. They'll have fans that want to pay attention to them, especially if, like you mentioned, uh, they're on the contracts. So I definitely think opening up the contracts would make the ECHL definitely, it would give it more pop. You'd want to pay attention to it more. And And if you add that with coming closer to home, and, you know, Boston Bruins fans being able to see possibly future Boston Bruins players, you got a winning combination. Absolutely. Absolutely. Correct on that one, sir. Yeah, I just want to see uh, something closer to home. Um, and and I, as a huge Manchester fan, I love that city. It's a great city. I haven't been in a while because there's no hockey. Yeah. And, you know, the SNHU Center is not the same and the area is not the same, but I think with a team coming in and you get a five-year agreement, I think that that Manchester hockey would start to get back and really and really drive. I'm not saying sell out nine thousand seats at the at the snow, but you know you might get two or three thousand, four thousand, which is pretty decent. I mean that'd probably be like the average for the league, but you're generating something. But I, I do like the idea of increasing those contracts and and having uh, more players on entry level deals that have the ability to come up and go down and just you get a taste of the NHL and then you send them down to the E and see how they work through um, that, that development process. It's just, I don't know, it's something that I think, I think is, is going to be probably, you know, within the 10 year range that you might see something like that. And, it, and I'm kind of going on the whole baseball level of development. You know how many leagues they have. Oh yeah. I mean, they could really, you know, you have like so many places that you can say, this guy's got an ERA of under whatever and rise him through and then bam, he's your next star. And you don't have to pay him that well because he's, his first three seasons are going to be all minimal, like under a million dollars. So, I don't know, something to think about. Drag it out a little bit for the content, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to get to uh, some serious stuff though. And it's it's a lot better than anything that we've probably talked about so far because during depressing times you kind of scratch at whatever you can that you can handle. But um, uh, Bruins signed two prospects, one yesterday, one today. Uh, they signed prospect goaltender Jeremy Swayman to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, Sway Dog's been playing for the University of Maine. Unbelievable season this year, but a better part is an unbelievable career. And when I say these numbers, and I know that you probably already know this, 
Sam, because <laughs> you're well endowed into the whole hockey thing and the Bruins narrative. But a lot of people see the numbers and they're like, ooh. You see the record and you go, ooh. But you don't, you don't mind the goals against and the save percentage. Jeremy Swayman has played in 100 career NCAA games. And UMaine is really not great. They played well, not great. It's not a very good recruiting school right now. And I think that if they can get some um, Hockey East playoff tastes, some, maybe some NCAA tournaments, that school will be back on board with a lot of the players that used to go there, like Paul Correa and, and Mike Dunham and all these, you know. So he's got a 251 goals against average in his career and a 927 save percentage. But most folks look at this, 47, 40, and 12. And when you think about development, those two numbers right there, they, that goals against average and that save percentage, wipe out that record in my opinion. Um, what are your thoughts on Jeremy Swayman and, uh, um, and his three-year entry-level signing? I definitely think it's very good for the Bruins. Very happy to see it. Uh, Sway, but you know it's just something where I feel like around the Bruins you know they've kind of had some difficulty producing their own talent when it comes to the goaltender position and like you said when you're focused on developing talent especially considering the team he's on you know they're a pretty good team not the best team though um you're focused on how he's performing he can perform to the best of his abilities and sometimes they're not going to win so I'm definitely interested to see how he does you know see how he does uh, up in Providence and see if he can possibly become someone, you know, Tukarass, he's still a rather young player, but, you know, he's getting up there. And the Bruins got to start thinking for the future along with a lot of different players on their roster. And instead of having – they got Tukarass by uh, trading him, you want to see if you can build your own talent. And uh, I definitely think, you know, a three-year contract and just hoping that you can produce someone who can become a starter for you and, you know, hopefully uh, hold down the franchise for the future. Where, where do you think Swayman starts? Um, it'll be interesting to see. If I had to – I would personally, from what we've seen, you know, we've seen those numbers, I'd like to give him a shot in the HL and see how he does, you know, and just see how he competes at that level. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see. I hope we get the – maybe we'll see him in the preseason, whenever that is, see how he does there. But I definitely think you should give him a shot in the AHL and see how he does. Yeah, that, that's um, – let's go back to his 1920 season uh, this past year before everything stopped. Uh, 34 games played, a, a 2.07. And that goals against average has gone down every year uh, since his freshman year. So which that, it's just good that you know that they're, they're on track on doing something special. But also this season, he ended the year with a .939. That's just outstanding. Awesome. And, and, and he's been known um, from several people that I've talked to in the industry when it comes to scouting. Uh, mm -hmm. They say that he's, he's the best in, uh, goaltender in the, in the United States right now. And that, okay. that says a huge – that says a lot. And I'm also mm -hmm. getting that from other information on Twitter too, but mm -hmm. um, I've had many folks say that to me. Um, here's the thing with, with Swayman is if you, if you look at the trends – and I'll tell you why Kaiser plays a little of importance in this too. But oh, if you yeah. look at the trends, the new goaltenders have gone to the East Coast Hockey League Atlantic Gladiators. And they've started at least one season there. Vladar did it. And Kaiser's yeah. obviously before anything happened to him, he was going to do it. Um, so that might be an option because he's going to see a lot of pucks. And when, it, um, when he was with Maine, the defense – I don't know if it was the system that they played, but it seemed like Coach Red Gendron and, and, and staff let a lot of those shots go through for Swayman to see. Um, there wasn't a lot of blocked shots. That's why he probably saw so much rubber is because the coaching staff and his teammates had so much confidence in him that they didn't have to make those, those blocked shots and blah, 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 and yeah. pretty much stayed healthy throughout the, uh, this season. And, and, and his – Swayman's previous two years mm -hmm. and which got him I was told that uh, the rubber that he sees on a consistent basis as, as a freshman 
got him the third goaltender on Team USA's um, IIHF um, World Championships. Because mm-hmm. he saw he, he wasn't the best goaltender in the league or in college or wherever, but he saw an amount of shots that that scouting staff says, hey, if we need somebody to go in there, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, kudos to him. And he's, he's countless monthly, like, awards. Best defenseman yeah. or the best, uh, best goaltender, and, and, and he's up for a Hobie Baker. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's legit. Um, so here's the thing with Kaiser. Now, Kyle Kaiser in his first game got a concussion mm-hmm. at the East Coast Hockey League. He was with the Providence Bruins because Dan Vladar had a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. So Kaiser went up and then blah, blah, blah. Something happened. He got brought down, played one game, and concussed. That's his mm-hmm. third concussion in two seasons. He had two concussions last year in Oshawa. It's not good. I mean, I, I didn't want to say this, but I said it to my friend Dom Tiano, who is a fantastic follow at Dom Tiano on Twitter. Um, I said, is concussions, do you think, going to be a problem? He said, I don't believe so. We're seeing it now, but we'll see what happens with him. But if coming back from a concussion, I think he might be the one that goes to um, Atlanta or wherever the East Coast Hockey League is going to be next season i think he needs that a little bit more time swayman and vladar 1a 1b split Mm -hmm. the time right down the middle next season and i mean that's going to be a powerful powerful tandem in the american hockey league i mean right now vladar is just unbelievable but i don't want to say he's like absolutely ready for the uh, nhl yet because Mm -hmm. the fact is that this streak that he's been on and he leads the league, the American Hockey League in goals against and save percentage. He's got a decent record, but it's not great. He's just coming back. But it's only three months. Yeah. In his three years under his entry-level deal, this is the first three-month stretch that he's played unbelievable. Like, like the second-ranked goaltender he was in 2015 when the Bruins selected him in the third round. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think him and Swayman would be awesome. I don't see Legacy in the picture. Here's another thing about Legacy, if you want to talk about him. He could be Halak's replacement, uh, ace in the hole for Don Sweeney, put it that way. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on Yarrow Halak? Think he'd come uh, back? I, I would hope he'd come back. It's definitely worth something where, at this point, he's got a market for him. He's basically, he's basically your backup goaltender, and he's a starter. It's something where you would have to hope that, you know, maybe he takes a hometown discount or something. but. Throughout his time in Boston, Yarrow Halak has been amazing. He's done everything you've asked of him and more. Um, and he's someone that you can rely on when you need to give Tuka a rest. You know, you saw that definitely on these last two seasons. He's been able to let Tuka rest. And then when you get into the playoffs, you still have a relatively fresh Tuka rest. And last, uh, last postseason, we saw how, much, how great that was. Yeah, that's um, a lot. So I definitely think... It all depends on Halak, you know, if he's willing to take that uh, discount, you know, uh, God willing, the season starts back up and uh, maybe the Bruins win a cup. Yeah, maybe right. that'll make him want to stay a bit more. Yeah. Um, but if not, we might have to let him go because there's definitely, he could definitely, if he wants the coin, he can definitely go out and get it. It is that market that scares me when you talk about Yaroslav Halak it's, um, and his age. I mean, this is the time for old timers like myself to like to figure out ways to make a little extra money to put away for the future, uh-huh. and um, I, that market might play into his favor when he's when he's looking for uh, not term, but I mean, obviously you get a year or two, but it's that mm-hmm. dollar value that's more important to him and his family uh, for mm-hmm. the foreseeable future. Um, but uh, jumping right back, I know we're going all over the place. Sorry, folks. Uh, but um, the Bruins signed Nick Wolf to a one-year entry-level contract. Uh, the 6'4", 230-pound defenseman uh, just left the Minnesota of Minnesota Duluth. Yeah, the University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, and he had 14 goals, 39 points. Sorry, 14 goals, 39 assists, 53 points in his career. And he had 10 assists last season in 33 games. Um, thoughts on uh, the the uh, signing of Nick Wolf? 
Um, I'm definitely intrigued by it. You know, I know the Bruins, they have, they have plenty of defensive talent. Uh, but I think Wolf's a different kind of player. You know, last few seasons we've seen the Charlie McAvoy's and uh, uh, the Grizzlicks. And, you know, uh, McAvoy's a pretty big guy himself. But Wolf, he looks like he's the real deal. He's going to lay some hits. He's going to lay the lumber. And he's someone, you know, he not might not have the offensive skill set, but he's someone, you know, you can re- rely at home. He's going to be physical. I definitely think uh, for a while we were missing that in Boston. And definitely, you know, his size, you know, when you got guys like Tory Krug, uh, Matt Grizzlick, you know, you kind of need some size. And, you know, John Moore, he's in a big guy himself. But, um, you know, having a guy uh, like Wolf up in your system who uh, might be able to help out in a few years is definitely something that you need. You know, I definitely think a lot of uh, the Bruins that we have seen have been more of the, you know, the classic puck-moving defensemen, small, uh, compared, comparatively to uh, guys. So I think Wolf, uh, he could definitely play an interesting role. And, in, you know, the highlights I've seen, you know, he'll definitely be a guy that Bruins fans will love if he keeps laying the hits like he does. Yeah, I saw him uh, and interviewed him twice at development camp in the previous two seasons. Uh, he was in camp invite um, mm-hmm. out, of, out of Minnesota. Big kid. I mean, he's, he, he, he does, he does come advertised. And when you, when you put that 230 pound frame and six, four, um, and, and yeah, he, he does have some physicality. I know he was, it's just, it's just, it's development camp. I know they're trying, but you're not trying out there to hurt anybody. And I have oh, yeah. seen games when he plays for the, uh, the Bulldogs, but, um, yeah, he's, he's good around the net and so on, but, I believe that that one year deal that he got today, actually, um, March 18, 2020, uh, it's a one year entry level deal. I think it's more or less, it's going to be a show me, you know, like, oh, like, let's see, let's see what you can do. Obviously it's going to be an AHL deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'll, he'll probably spend a majority of that, but the thing that, and it's, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not, I'm not downing this signing and I'm not trashing or anything like that. But it yeah. makes me wonder, when you think about a player of his size and stature, um, how come it didn't work out with Wiley Sherman and it continues not to work out with Wiley Sherman? Because I honestly haven't seen much in his game since he left Harvard as a, uh, as a graduate. Uh, I'm not sure. I think like two or three years ago. Yeah, it's definitely – I guess you, you have to factor in that, you know, if he's the type of player that is kind of a stay-home defenseman, uh, you're going to have to teach him – to improve more uh, on that offensive style, you know, you can't just, you can't just be in, I think in today's NHL, you can't just be a stay home defense. You got to provide something on uh, the offensive side of the puck. So I definitely think that he still needs definitely develop his game, you know, hopefully he'll be able to do that in uh, the AHL, but it's just crazy uh, thinking uh, all the talent that the Bruins have in their organization when it comes to defensemen, you're going to have to, perform rather well to stand out because you know you gotta think you haven't really seen guys like Arho back in nine and uh, Jakob Saboro and you know you got all these guys in the pipeline you're gonna have to really uh impress to make a name for yourself yeah absolutely and when you talk about and I know we're jumping all over the place but when you talk about yeah uh back in nine and and Jakob Saboro honestly as a credentialed writer for the Providence Bruins and I go down there frequently and we have a team that, that rotates on this on the regular down there. Um, Zboril has been the far better defenseman this season, and and over back at Einan. And I was really surprised about this year and what I saw from him. Um, he's he does have everything there that makes you want to say yes, yes, yes. But him putting it all together has been tough, and I think it's because he got the, his, his his bell rung so early in into the process of them getting him into the NHL and working him in to some games. I think that might've did something unfortunate. I'm, I hopefully it's not it. I'm hopefully I'm definitely wrong and hopefully he's okay above anything, but yeah, I mean, there's time, there's time with him to develop and prop and do it properly and, and then insert him with uh, departures that are coming up sooner or later. Mm-hmm. All right. So, those are, I mean, pretty decent signs. The Swayman one, it was, uh, I was impressed with. I was, uh, you know, I've interviewed him too, and he just, 
he never told me anything, but it was just more or less like, it just seemed like he'd be one of those, I want to get my college degree first and then yeah. let's do the pro thing. But something must have sweetened that deal because, I mean, it's good for him. It's awesome to get him involved. Oh, All right, let's do some listener uh, questions. All right. All right. So, um, all right. Let's start, start with this one. This is from Callie. Max Milia, I can't even say that on Twitter. Uh, who do you think will be the second goalie for the big club? Halak won't be here, I guess. Oh, then that's that's gonna be really interesting to see. I, you know, I think uh, from what you've been hearing, you know, you've been hearing a lot about uh, Dan Blather, you know, I think the Bruins, if they're going to go from within, they might have to take a kind of a little bit of a risk on one of these guys and just see what they can do. Um, I don't, it would be really tough for me to see the Bruins making a move up to do that. So I definitely think you're going to see, you know, maybe a, a Dan Blather make this step up. I, and I'll, I'll do a little rebuttal on, on your point, which is not bad. I, I can't agree with that. Nobody can a lot of the times, organizations don't want to give the, that chance to somebody so young that's probably not going to play that many games. I think that's what happened, what they did with uh, Nicholas Vedberg. Tremendous oh, yeah. American Hockey League career. When he got to the NHL, it was just like, where are you, kid? Yeah. Um, and, and the playing time, if they don't have enough trust in him, and I know Tuke is not going to do the six, you know, 68 games, 65, 60 games anymore. He's going to want to do a split season pretty much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, at his age and coming down to his last year of his contract, um, in my opinion, I think they're going to go for one more year of either bringing Halak back, either taking a look at – they've had a whole season to look at Legacy. Mm. down in Providence as a cheap option, or mm. they hit the free agent market, which is a goaltending on cap friendly. Uh, mm. The free agent availability is really not that bad. Mm. So they could take a chance there. But in my opinion, I would rather see a player like Vladar get more time in the AHL and playing on a regular basis. Um, I don't believe, in my opinion, I don't see um, the goaltending um, – and there's no starters in the AHL, in my opinion. It's just at the end of the year, you see one guy have 38 games and one guy have 35. That's yeah. not owning a job, in my opinion. No, um, and I definitely. So, oh, my apologies, but no, I definitely, ahead. I definitely think that if I had to guess, I think the Bruins are going to do all they can and more to try and get a lock back, just because, sure. of, like, like you mentioned, you know, that security they give them, that you know, Rass isn't going to play a boatload of games. And when you have Yaroslav Halak, you can trust him and trust that he's not going to let you down, and he might even win you some games. Absolutely. Um, this is from Uncle Theodore. This is uh, – I can't read his, his Twitter, but anyway. Outlook on the 2021 forward group. Not many spots open, in parentheses, and guys like Sudnika and Frederick, both centers, are banging on the door. What do you think about that? I would really personally just seeing what he's been doing. Uh, Stugnika has just been lighting it up. So I would really like to see what uh, he could do in the NHL. But uh, like like that person mentioned, you know, the, NH the Bruins spots up in uh, the NHL, they're just so locked, you know. You've got that first line. Um, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening if uh, with David Krejci, you know, he's getting up there in years. But uh, like that person mentioned, they're really locked up. But if there was someone I would want to make a priority on, I would definitely want to see what Jack Sudnika could do up in uh, the NHL. At what cost? At what cost? And, and what I mean by that is, would you bring him up there for the right wing position? That's, I think personally, I would rather see him get work at his natural position. That's exactly. the thing. So that's, again, you know, like they mentioned, you know, it's just the Bruins, they're, they used to be so thin, and now they're pretty deep. You know, uh, when you got the Charlie Coils, the, the Casa, I can never pronounce his name, Casa. Yep, um, Casa, yep. Yeah. 
it'll be interesting to see uh what ends up happening uh with uh Richie, uh Nick Richie. But uh I definitely think you wanna get Jack Subnika, but the thing is you wanna see what he can do at center. And you're probably I wouldn't say he's definitely probably not a fourth line center. You're gonna probably wanna see what he can do at that third or or if God forbid something happens and they Bruins need a second line center or second line. Yeah, and, and, and touching on the Frederick uh, part of his question, um, that's somebody I would definitely try at the NHL level at left wing. I have no yeah. problem getting him out of his natural center position, even though he's a you know, first-round pick, late first-round pick. His game, is I, I think, is more catered to he doesn't care where he plays. That kid wants to play. He wants to bang some bodies. He wants to get involved. He does have tremendous um, attributes. He's got an NHL release, an NHL shot. Um, I, but consistency is a problem for me with, with Trent. And that's why I'd, I'd rather see him at, at a left-wing shot uh, over the center. But, I mean, not bad to have a versatile forward in, in the tool bag. Oh, definitely. And he's just, like you mentioned, he's someone where you don't have to kind of focus on playing him in his nap natural position you know you can give him those shots you know even on the fourth line you know he's a rather physical guy you know he would fit in with that uh, style of play but he also has that offensive capability but I think a lot of uh what you need in a prospect coming up you know when you need in a Trent Frederick coming up is performing night in and night out and you know not having those off games and being able to maintain that through an NHL schedule yep absolutely all right, Sam. Well, listen, I've taken up too much of your time, probably. <laughs> no, no, you have not. You've not taken enough. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, well, listen, we'll, I'll definitely have you back on. I, like I said, we're probably going to be we're going to be doing shows. I hopefully for the remainder of the year. But I really want to see the outlook of what the NHL is thinking first before I do that. We might do like two two shows um, a month. We, we like to do once a week, but. If we have to cut it down, we'll cut it down. But if we, if we, if we, uh, when we do, and um, and if you want to talk, we definitely got to hook back up because I, I thought this was a great discussion and uh, and a pleasure to have you on for the first time. Oh, I had a blast. It was a great, great discussion, as you said. It was amazing. Thank you awesome. for having and me on. Absolutely, and that is Sam Min <laughs> Minton, uh, and he's the site expert at Fansided's Chowder and Champions website. You can follow him at Sam underscore Minton 22. And you can also follow his work and other great articles uh, from Fansided at CNC Fansided on Twitter. Sam, we got to do this again big uh, some other time. And um, uh, definitely bring – we'll have some other topics to talk about. Hopefully we don't have to, like, scratch away at the uh, – at the, uh, the topic uh, wall to uh, figure something out. But, no, it's been a real pleasure, man, and I really appreciate the time and helping me out. Oh, no, thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for hanging on. Uh, I know we went a little dormant for a while. I know we, no we normally record on Sundays, but it's all good. We are here. We're still taking care of you. I plan on doing another show sometime this weekend and possibly even one next, next Wednesday or, or something like that. But we're going to go on a – pretty decent schedule for at least seven weeks. So um, thank you very much for the support. And, and again, we, everybody at black and gold hockey um, productions team, whether it be the podcast, Heather, we love you. Hope you're good and your family and everybody else out there. We hope your families are safe and please do the right thing. Wash your hands, take care of yourself and just, just do it. You know what I mean? It's, it, this is not going to overcome humanity that we, we are going to overtake this. So, um, and we are going to get hockey back. And that's the life first, hockey second, and then we go from there. But thank you very much for the support, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.